have developed Music LM. That is an AI that can generate musical pieces from text prompts. Google scrambled to counter ChatGPT and they ended up embarrassing themselves. Which is right next to the ocean, uh, which led to a lot of mushrooms setting inside of the tanks, inside of the rockets, so they had to scrape it. Hi, and welcome to episode 50 of the Tech Review, where we bring you all the latest and greatest or sometimes not so great news about the tech world. Join us as we dive into the deepest depths of innovation, social media and the ever-evolving world of technology. So sit back, relax and listen to our favorite articles of the week. On camera 3 today we have a very well-suited Vincent. On camera two, we have Henrike, also, of course, as always, very well suited. Do you say well suited? And this is me in my simple t-shirt. Hi, I'm Tarek. Tech Review is a collaboration of Ideas Engineering, Free Tech Academy and Update. You will find all the episodes on YouTube to watch or listen to us on all major podcast platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts while you work out, drive or maybe even travel through space. So, what happened this week? Let's start with Henrike. Oh, nice. Nice, nice. And also, by the way, you always look very well-dressed, Tarek. <laughs> well-dressed, yeah. That's, well that's better. Suited. Right. Well-suited. Well-suited. Yeah, yeah, I was, when I said it, I, I wasn't sure. I just saw Vincent and I saw his suit and I saw just thought, like, suited. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly makes sense, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, um, I have an article from The Bird today. That's the this first one, right? One. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, after I always bring those uh, AI art discussions here, today we can discuss AR and music. Not AR, AI, sorry. Um, <laughs> Because Google has developed Music LM, that is an AI that can generate musical pieces from text prompts and transform them even to hummed or whistled melodies or into other instruments. So, I mean, just basically like Dali and Midjourney for pictures. Um, yeah, we, we all know these tools. Music LM can generate 30 second snippets of actual songs from long descriptions and can, you know, you can dictate a specific genre, vibe, instrument uh, that should be used. And as I already said, even mimic uh, human vocals. They are already aware of the potential risk of plagiarism and uh, cultural appropriation. And therefore, they have no plans to release Music LM for the public. Um, but they are releasing a data set of 5,500 music text pairs to help train and evaluate um, other musical AI systems. Um, there's a link somewhere in the article to this data set so that you can listen to it. Um, and on this side, on this demo site, are examples. Uh, for example, examples for example, ten second uh, <laughs> clips uh, of specific instruments, or five second or eight second clips of a certain genre for a certain situation. One that is quite interesting is music that would fit a prison escape. So, if you ever wondered how that sounds like, um, there's an example in there. And also stuff like how does someone sound like if you're a beginner or an advanced person playing a specific instrument. So like 5,500 different kinds of examples. Um, 
the article says that the tool outperforms other systems in terms of quality and also adherence to the prompt. And um, you can even take in audio, like record audio, and then copy the melody. And since I know, Tarek, that you also played around with uh, AI-generated music, <laughs> I thought this is your topic. And uh, I don't know, maybe we can have a listen to some of the examples on this site, if you find the link in there. Um, or, yeah, maybe you can at least share your experience with the tools that you worked with. Let's see if you can hear this. There's something we can listen to. If you cannot find it in the article. Okay, so my description of it is um, it's like electronic music and it sounds like music, but it sounds like, let's say, I don't want to be uh, mean or something. It sounds like cheap stock music, like uh, what you get for free if you go to one of these uh, stock music sites. So, um, I, I mean, this is only one example that i just clicked I, i don't want to say that everything that i create is is uh, sounding bad but i mean it's very interesting that you can uh, use a text prompt as we do with ai art or with chat gpt to generate something from scratch and it, it is already valuable because if you then already have the the rights to use this commercially then you have something in your hand that you didn't have before in terms of quality, of course, it's a question of taste. And I think over time, they will create this in a more powerful way. Right now, it sounds like one of these MIDI sounds. Yeah, so these these uh, very low-tuned uh, electronic sounds. But I could imagine that at some point of time, they are going to generate guitar and keyboard and everything that you can probably just order, like an orchestral music piece for a movie, right? Yeah, but I mean, what you're listening to right now is supposed to be, for the first 15 seconds, an electronic song played in a video game. You feel oh, like yeah. this is how it sounds like. Right. Then for the next 15 seconds, it's a meditation song played next to a river. Oh, okay. let me, <laughs> then let fire me and then fireworks. <laughs> Do you feel that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so it is a little bit different. Um, the other pieces of this um, of this music, and yes, you can hear the different um, flavors of it. So it, it feels like a little bit more relaxing or in, in a different mood. But from from the quality, it sounds um, very similar. Why would Google do that, though? So, as far as I understand, sure, it is its journey to. Uh to develop a more comprehensive AI and therefore obviously it also is it also needs the capability to understand music right to analyze music and then therefore also to play back music to you and I think I find it very interesting that they release stuff like that for free I would have thought that Google would take this as very nice findings understand that there is not a direct business case due to the limitations of copyright infringement and then um, take it to develop something even greater, say the Google Assistant, um, where this could play a role when asked. Um, therefore, I find it surprising that Google is yeah, developing that. And I'm pretty sure that there's definitely more than a 10 people team on this. So we're talking about how many millions invest just in FTEs and then 
still in releasing it for free doesn't feel right with me but um yeah we'll see yeah i think um for for one on the one hand um google currently has uh, an image problem because they are losing heavily ground against in the race with OpenAI and microsoft with generative ai and so they still want to play in in this game and so they have to release something and in regards of the research <clears throat> um i think Everything that that they can do with generative AI, they will try to achieve. Even though, e even if it's not possible to commercialize this specific use case because of copyrights, I think it's still a lot of stuff to learn in there, and and th therefore they are playing around with it. They have a division in there, and at some point of time, I could imagine that they can utilize this maybe in a B two B setting. So someone owning copyrights of certain music with a large library can use this generative AI to train this on their own music and then use it to create new original music based on everything that they created beforehand as original art and therefore maybe create like their own generative music without violating any copyrights because it's their copyright. So I could imagine that this might be something like Hans Zimmer. He composed a lot of stuff and if he trains the generative AI on everything that he composed in the past, he can like automatically with one click of the mouse or like writing a, a prompt, uh, uh, he, he can create original music for the next hundred movies <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> okay. But from the quality that, you, I mean, yeah, it's difficult to compare it to the tools that you worked with because you cannot work with this pool. You can only listen to the results but maybe if you look into the i think it was a github link that i just shared mm. with you um and uh, you can share maybe in another episode um how if it's really like better quality wise um or i don't know it's just what they stated yeah but uh you're right so when when i click through these examples They are a little bit more complex. Um, they have more instruments, and uh, so so. It's what I said earlier was it sounds like MIDI sound. It's it's not everything, right? So there are more complex tunes in there. What, what do I see here? Like, yeah, but it it is everything sounds very electronic. So it everything sounds basic. It does not really sound like a real orchestra, for example. And I think this is probably as you see with the first versions of Dali, um, in, in the first iteration, it was interesting that it was generating images, but they did not really look good. And so the impressive part was when it, it was trained on so much data that it actually looked like original masterpieces of, of the artist. And I could imagine that with the, with the audience, yeah. it's the same. So right now we are impressed that yeah. it can do something. But if you train it with... I don't know, all music pieces of the last hundred years, then you will probably be able to generate something that really sounds like an original Beethoven or something, right? Because it knows yeah. everything from him. Yeah, so let's wait a few months and then <laughs> probably there will be another article that we can discuss that's already more advanced. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and we never know if um, if they maybe change their course because they say uh, okay we won't be able to 
to uh, get a hold on the chat GPT thing and uh, the generative um, search, for example, and then they say, okay, let's pivot and let's conquer this other market that is not, not taken yet. <laughs> and now this. Let's continue with me. Let's talk about Google. <laughs> I mean, come on. Last time we both had space articles and we didn't talk up front about it. And now we both bring Google. This is, yeah, we're but, so but in sync, Tarek. Right now, Google, Google is making a lot of headlines, especially because of, of this AI race. And that's why I'm bringing here this article from Ars Technica again. <laughs> and here uh, it says in uh, their Paris demo, this week or last week, depending on when you listen to this <laughs> this podcast episode, Google scrambled to counter ChatGPT and they ended up embarrassing themselves. And this is what you need to know about this event. So Google held this exciting press conference from Paris where they showcased some of their latest cutting-edge technologies that everyone is talking about right now. And the presentation included an AI-powered visual search feature and a 3D fly-through feature for Google Maps and a new version of Google Translate and more. So a lot of really, really interesting things. Um, but the highlight of the show was the demonstration of their multi-search, which lets users search by taking a picture and describing what they are looking for. And um, this demo took a very funny turn, and this is why probably everyone is talking about. Um, they, they, uh, they had... A, a missing phone they wanted to show like one one of the features and the speaker stand on stood on the on the stage and she was asking yeah i would like to show it to you but uh, the phone is missing <laughs> yeah and they earlier this week they revealed their new conversational ai model bard which is supposed to be like the chat gpt killer because it's it's in the, in the same uh, category of uh, chat gpt and uh, this one is going to be in, included in bing and in the bing search and although the public launch of BART has yet to come, the company is getting uh, already a lot of feedback from trusted testers uh, to make sure that they meet their, their uh, high standards. But Google overall is struggling very hard right now to compete with Microsoft and their partner OpenAI because their, uh, their application is so powerful. And a few days before, you might have read this already, there was an error found in Google's advertising for this BART system. They gave the prompt to this BART uh, system and they asked, what new discoveries from the James Webb Space Telescope can I tell my nine-year-old about? And one of BART's responses suggested that the JWST took the first pictures of exoplanets outside of Earth's solar system. And uh, shortly after, people uh, discovered that that's not true. Yeah, uh, this information is incorrect, as the first pictures of exoplanets were taken by the European Southern Observatory's Very Large Telescope in 2004. So th this was very, very painful because Microsoft, uh, sorry, Google was trying to show off that their BART system is as powerful as ChatGPT, and in their advertisement, it was telling wrong things. And on the one hand, this is, of course, a very unfair comparison because we all know that ChatGPT also gives out false inf information. It's, it's a chatbot and it sounds very confident and sometimes the information is not correct because it's just information aggregated from somewhere. It's not always factually correct. And so BART is practically doing the same thing. But the, the embarrassing part here is that Microsoft released this as an advertisement. So it was 
proofread and checked <laughs> and nobody found out that this is something that is not, not correct, right? And so uh, G Google really struggles to, to maintain their image of the market leader in search and AI technologies. And right now they are really falling behind. Yeah. And so that, that's why I said yeah. before with the generative AI in music, this might be <laughs> something like a fallback strategy because this is a market where they don't have the competition yet. Yeah, true. I, I like that you bring the article because I read about the press conference the day before it happened, but then I didn't follow up. Yeah. So <laughs> interesting to hear what happened then. And also, I mean, in the end, it's just with the advertisement uh, example. I mean, even the human factor. I mean, yeah. you know, we make mistakes. The AI makes mistakes in the end. It's, um, right. We're all human. I don't know if that's now the... <laughs> <laughs> conclusion that i want to draw but yeah it's it, yeah sorry for google you i bart and ChatGPT. we are all just humans <laughs> <laughs> yeah but let's see so uh, as yeah. you know i'm uh please sorry. go ahead no you, you go no ahead. i was just like uh throwing in some stuff <laughs> Now, I just wanted to say, as you know, I, I find this quite good uh, that uh, Google currently is, I, 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 I think it is for the better that Google is not also um, monopolizing this market. Um, I think, A, of course, as we all know, competition is great. But then, on the other hand, I also think that specifically Google, yeah, in my opinion, as you know, treats data privacy uh, not with the respect it probably should. And also when we look at our business at Axel Springer, we see that Google definitely is not the biggest friend of ours. And when you see where, how Google's new AI scrolls through articles and gives you, without you clicking on an article, the information you need that you asked uh, in the Google um, search bar, uh, this definitely will tear down a lot of uh, publishers that are advertising monetization based such as the company i work for so i think right now chat gpt and specifically OpenAI with microsoft are the better partner uh, of course this might change i mean we saw bing now being connected to OpenAI's ai and now you can do a lot with it i can i can only encourage everyone to everybody to download the bing app or go to bing.com and check them out for themselves because it's quite interesting what they did there something um, that i never expected to hear from someone to say i i, <laughs> I recommend you to download the bing yeah. uh, app and try it yeah, but yeah it's, or go it's, to bing.com yeah 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 check it out because it is interesting what they did there and i think it's a very f basic and fundamental implementation of a ai chatbot in a search engine and we will see how this is much more sophisticated, how this will be much more sophisticated. And I think Google's approach on this is specifically much more sophisticated. But um, we see that Google made a few mistakes there with the de the direction they developed in, uh, right? That's the, the, the torch of the, of the first. And now we'll see how Bing will counter that. But to me, right now, just as I said before, I, I like that this is going this way because um, 
we see that Google is not very friendly in this development when it comes to content providers. Yeah. Okay. And now this. Let's continue with. Why are you... I have a few articles in the pipeline here, but I I have one I really want to open, and it is not that one. No. Not that one. No. The this one. Yes, please. This one. I see the word Mars. Yes, guys. I thought I'm going to do it the other way around. You talk about <laughs> consumer electronics, <laughs> and I talk about space and Elon Musk today because I read an article on the information, which I this is actually a different discussion that we probably should have right after because, and I would love to hear the audience, uh, I uh, opinion about this as well because I started to bring a lot of paywall articles because I'm a big the information fan and reader and um, I started to bring a lot of information articles but all of them are behind the paywall so my maybe something to discuss in a different meeting or somewhere we need to understand if this is the right way that we bring articles that are behind the paywall but let's jump into the article and it is about Elon Musk and Mars and specifically their rocket and this rocket you can see right there was released in you know as as the thing i think nearly to 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 upgrade space travel by nearly times 10 um or 10 exit in a, in many ways because it is much more able to uh, travel through space and not only or orbit it can deliver not uh, between 40 to 60 like the rocket uh, like the falcon rockets um it can up deliver up to 100 and ultimately up to 400 satellite at, sub satellites at once, something that is very important for Starlink, but even better, it cannot transport seven, like the Falcon rockets, it can transport up to 100 people at once. And this rocket actually is the reason, one of the big reasons why they closed a huge contract with NASA, NASA uh, around $3 billion with the promise to do, to land, people on moon in 2026 now spacex is facing many challenges and they are due to very very faulty this is what the article says planning on spacex side so one of the most prominent things that happened were that they built the first prototype the the, the first supposed to be working and testing prototype of this rocket right at the launch site, which is right next to the ocean, uh, which led to a lot of mushrooms and a lot of, um, yeah, and a lot of uh, things that come with heavy weather at the coast uh, setting inside of the tanks, inside of the rockets, so they had to scrape it. And that's not the only thing that happened. They are developing some, uh, many of parts of the rocket over and over and over again because of the times um, this rocket is being developed. They changed the design up to 10 times and of every single thing. That, that, for example, led to the led to the problem that they, for investors, very important Starlink version two satellites now are being developed in two streams in the version two stream and in the version two light stream, because this rocket is not 
ready to deliver the version two satellites into space that make the partnership with T-Mobile possible. Another contract they closed to actually start mid this year. So now they have to deliver version two light rock uh, satellites, satellites that are not close, um, not closely as performant as the version two satellites, but these are the only satellites from the version two line that can be delivered not with um, this rocket, with spaceship, but they can be rocket, uh, delivered via the Falcon rockets. So there are there are so many small obstacles that seem not very big, but this leads to now heavy, um, yeah, heavy questioning uh, within the SpaceX team because it does not look like spaceship actually is being built. Last sentence, Elon Musk promised to build at least one rocket per week. And now Elon Musk tweeted that he is expecting that up to five of those rockets will be built in the whole year 2023. Um, and we know how exaggerating he can be. So the big question is, is actually one of those spaceships finally being built in this year? I don't believe it. Yeah, let that sink in. Elon. I always wanted to do this in the tech review. <laughs> you you said the, these questions arise within the SpaceX team. So they internally doubt whether, uh, like also doubt whether or not they will, you know, manage to build one of the rockets until the end of the year, basically. Yeah, so um, um, deeper down in the article specifically to talk about the fact that currently all engineering teams have to work around six days a week uh, with an average of 12 hour shifts, um, which that alone might not be the right approach to a healthy uh, employee-employer relationship. But besides that, um, they talk about um, a specific change they made to the rocket, um, which led to the teams working day and night to fix that. And when the fix was there, um, then they were talking about a specific hatch that was that is necessary to uh, release the uh, satellites into space, into orbit. And um, that specific change, they worked day and night in order to make it happen. And then the design of the rocket changed um, and the fix was, um, yeah, irrelevant and there was the need for a new fix and now uh, even within SpaceX there are, are rising questions on is the approach correct. Uh, one other thing by the way is that they built the rocket uh, on the launch site also something that the engineers highly questioned uh, but management was against it. Uh, to this day SpaceX did not officially comment why they did that but it now led to the only rocket, the only spaceship they actually had visible um, being transported to a more or less unofficial graveyard for old rockets SpaceX doesn't use anymore. So it looks like this one rocket is now out of service. That, that would have been like my next point if I really got that right, that they, I mean, <laughs> next to the launch site uh, being, uh, you know, you know, what's the word, um, having all those climate uh, um, situations. Oh my God, I'm so out of words um, happening. <laughs> be, like be yeah. outside. I mean, because I mean, if you build a rocket, like parts of it, 
it's so crucial that most of the stuff, most of the assembly happens in a clean room and there are so many um, rules and regulations to make sure that, you know, no particles that shouldn't be there get just in the near, uh, like near the rocket and anything. So that they really do that, this is, it blows my mind because it's like a, like, it's a no-brainer that this should not happen. Like, and that I found interesting because, I mean, they have years of experience themselves on how to build a freaking rocket. And now with this big one that's, you know, that is so crucial also for their next years and the, the missions they want to fly. Wow. I don't know. That's a surprise. I think it's maybe it's just a bet like um, NASA or the the um, classical space agencies. They are very, very uh, careful with their clean rooms and their processes. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources to get anything up to space. If you remember how long we waited for Artemis and uh, the, the, the first launch, right? And I could imagine that uh, the, the drivers of SpaceX... They want to. They, they have very high goals, and they say we are the first on Mars. We are the first on Moons. Um, when NASA is landing on the Moon, we are going already uh, building up the Mars base and everything. And maybe it was possible. I don't have experience in building rocket ships, but maybe they thought exactly this this way. It's not necessary to be that particular careful, particularly careful with everything. We can just build a rocket on the beach or something and then it will still fly it might i mean they they were very uh creative with the materials that they used for their rocket ship right and uh, they are creative with their fuel and everything and so it could already uh, also have been successful and they might be able to build one rocket ship per week by just assembly uh, assembling everything on the beach or something like that having mushrooms in the tanks maybe they said yeah doesn't matter it will still fly and If that were the case, they would have revolutionized uh, all, all um, of the uh, space technology, uh, rocket assembly line technologies, right? Like um, um, Ford was with the assembly lines for the cars. Before that, it was uh, very, very different. Yeah. But obviously, it does not work. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally with you because uh, it would have revolutionize it and you would be so much faster definitely and i mean i don't know if i mentioned that when we talked about the isa aerospace visit but or not on record or in private i don't know but i was also surprised because they also not do everything in the clean room that i remember were done in the clean room in other space companies that i know <laughs> and um so, yeah, you probably can save time and do not have to be that strict uh, in, in different uh, processes steps. But, yeah, but this is probably they just tried the uh, just the other extreme and now have to realize that, um, yeah, this is also not the way to go. Yeah, it would be very sad to see SpaceX failing because... Uh, they really drove up the hope in the past years that we are going to see a Mars base in our lifetimes. Uh, and I, I never thought that I would see that. But yeah, right now, Elon Musk does not really uh, give us, well, at least for me, give me confidence that all the predictions that he's throwing around are really realistic. Yeah. I don't think that failing is the right word I, I right now uh, of course this could be um 
Uh, also, the article mentioned something that I, a fun fact, more or less, that I was very surprised. I didn't know that SpaceX is the high ev highest evaluated US startup. Um, didn't know that it is um, incredibly uh, high evaluated. Uh, but I'm sure that the startup in that term is a very important factor. Um, so they have government contracts. This is what I wanted to say. Um, so they are very highly evaluated. There is going to be a lot of money coming in. Also, they are a governmental, more or less funded organization because right now also they sell, of course, they already sold tickets on the to the moon as a um, as a as a tourist trip that has to be postponed as well i'm sure but what i want to say is i don't think we're going to see them fail but i think we will see that not everything can be done in exactly the way that you described Tarek. Um, there are reasons why it is quite close to double the price of nasa uh, yeah uh, no uh, that the price of NASA is double the price of SpaceX sometimes looking on what you want to bring into space. There are reasons for that. And I think uh, depending on what you want to do, that these markups are there for a reason. And I think you're right. It's a bet. Uh, and we definitely see that this has a setback. SpaceX just raised a new round of more billions. So I don't worry about that very much. But um, we see that this Elon Musk approach, uh, maybe it's just a bad start for Elon this year, um, is not working very well um, it, when it comes to specific challenges. And Spaceship may, might just be one of those challenges right now. I think it's interesting that it's still evaluated as a startup. <laughs> like, I mean, it. I just had a quick Google because I was wondering, like, how long are you considered a startup? And I don't know. It's just like the first result I got, like, if you're three to five years old. <laughs> I mean, um, SpaceX is obviously older than that. So um, true. that alone is, is quite interesting because I myself also wouldn't think of them as a startup anymore. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh as far as I understand, startups have to go have to go through different rounds of investment mm -hmm. and are evaluated in specific steps also when it comes to shareholder involvement and stuff like that. Maybe it is a technical term due to them not IPOing, maybe through them still being in a specific round where they can go, you know, go and raise new rounds of money. Um, I think this is the reason, not time because of course they are not i mean they are a government contract uh startup um, they have a product that brings people into space they have they moved already their offices once and built their own headquarter they now have two of very own built headquarters and a launching site and a factory for rockets it, definitely they are not a startup in the traditional term yeah but elon musk stays true Every week, a new headline from one of his companies. <laughs> Continues to amaze. Right. Even though I would wish to read more positive headlines again. There was a time where everything from Elon Musk was just uh, exciting. And right now it's mostly but, weird. Yeah, but uh, why would, I would... I wonder why you are saying you would like to hear more positive stuff from him. Because... 
um, I think the recent past months have shown that this Elon phenomenon uh, is again a phenomenon with uh, with a regular person with its regular her his regular limitations and um, to be frank when we look at the recent developments um, I don't even I wouldn't even call him a very good um, I would say he has a lot of flaws and uh, therefore um, maybe it is quite deserved now that he's getting a lot of those negative headlines because the hype around him maybe was just not worth it and nobody is safe from the cancel culture um, <laughs> you know it's, it's okay to have flaws and he's also just human as the ai bot and us and yeah I mean, it's, right. it's going up and down. This is just the way it is. So why should it be different with him? The thing is, uh, the hype always made him look like he's not one of us, but he is someone who just snips his finger and makes it true that in one decade we can start colonizing Mars. And this was a very pleasant thought. I, I really liked this image of Elon Musk. And you're right. I mean, he's only human, but we all wanted him to be more than just human. He, he was but it supposed can still, to be like... Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> let's not give up on that hope, you know. <laughs> still, um, it's a vision and it's still something that can be... It's, it's a completely out of reach. Let's put it that way. So, let's see. Right. So, let's finish this episode on a positive note. <laughs> but thank you so much for your articles. And was, again great review of the of the past week and uh, see you next week at the same time at the same not with the same content <laughs> with the latest news from the world of technology see you then bye if you are hearing this message you've listened to the entire episode of tech review and for that we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts we hope this new episode was valuable for you and if it was please leave us a review on spotify apple podcast or wherever you are listening to us right now share this episode with others who could also like it do you have a topic that you'd like to see covered in future episodes tell us in the comments or on social media we hope you'll be back for the next tech review